Today on Power Tips Unscripted, we talk to Ken Kirsch, owner of Mac Design Build in Davis, California. Open book management can be a great way to motivate dedicated employees, but it's important to think through your own motivations first. Ken's going to share the lessons he learned in just a minute. You had me at hello. It looks like a miracle. It's in the hole. It's in the hole. Hi, this is Victoria Dowding, and welcome to Power Tips Unscripted, where we talk about tips, tactics, and techniques to help you build a strong, profitable remodeling company. And I'm here with my co-host, Mark Harari. Yeah, right across from you. Yeah, really. You know, I love this topic we're going to be talking about today because it's something dear to my heart. Open book. Open book. You know, I love, I love it. I feel that it's the only way to go. I mean, I remember one of the first times we presented a summit, which was probably back in, it was the second summit ever, I think. I think it, I think it was in uh, Tucson, Arizona. That, and we brought in Jack Stack, sort of the godfather of open book management. He'd written The Great Game of Business, and it's been something I've believed in ever since. Mm-hmm. But not everybody does, and a lot of people don't want to do it because I think they're afraid of it. So I'm excited about talking about it today. Yeah, I'd love to hear what, what Ken has to say, and I'm curious to hear the lessons he learned. Cause... Yeah, <laughs> how to do it and do it successfully and right. not be stepping on your own toes. Yeah, and, for sure. And getting your employees all riled up. So... Shall we dive in? Let's do it. All right. Ken Kirsch is the owner of Mac Design Build and, along with his wife, has grown this into a really successful company since its launch in 2003. Ken's been a member of one of our most influential and consistently successful roundtable groups for many years. We love having him in that. Generous to a fault, always willing to help. And we are delighted to have him here. As a matter of fact, I'm going to have Ken on a panel at the uh Pacific Coast Builders Conference in just a few weeks out in uh, PCBC out in San Francisco. So we're excited about that too. So welcome, Ken. All right. It's good to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, you bet. You know, I've called on so many members of the Krypton group to share um, because you guys are all so smart and also successful. And so it's really nice having you here. Well, it's good to be here. So open book management, what made you think about first starting this where'd you hear about it and and then uh, how did you first get used get started using it uh well i suppose i first heard about it was at that summit that you were talking about because that, oh, wow. that summit was actually in san diego and that was my oh. first ra meeting and and so that must have been the first time i was yes. ever exposed to the idea and and that's just part of my own education of going from uh carpenter into uh, being a business owner and and learning financials was was uh, an essential part of that. Well, so how does that tie into open book management? Well, I think well for one thing, um, I've always thought of how I would want to be treated as an employee, and and so as part of that, being fully engaged as a person, not just as as whatever role that I'm hired to to fill. And so uh, understanding the big picture and, and my part in that is, is uh, I think, essential in that part. You know, why don't we start off, what, how would you define open book management for, for our listeners? Well, so uh, we share our, our profit and loss statement, our uh, balance sheet, and the, the WIP report that, that goes along with those reports. So, and we do that. 
um, periodically as part of a, a bigger state of the company meeting that we have twice a year at Mac. How many, how many employees? Uh, we currently have 13 employees now. Okay. Okay. So, so you're sharing this information. Do you share it with them? Even though you only have two company-wide meetings a year, do you share this information with them on a monthly basis? No, the big picture uh, report, so the, the true open book and, and, and showing the P&L gets reviewed uh, twice a year. Okay. So that, that goes along with, so in January, we talk about um, how we did in the previous year, and then we have a budget to present to people for the upcoming year. And then in July, we check in again to see how we're doing, um, and then we're able to, to uh, see what adjustments we made in the, in the budget for the year mm-hmm. and, and track uh, our success. Okay, so when we got started doing this topic, you talked about right off the bat, and Mark used that little bit in your uh, intro, that you have to think through your own motivations before you introduce this to, to as a motivator for your employees. What do you mean by that, and what's your motivation? So mo- my motivation is to uh, is for employee longevity, to keep people around, to people keep people engaged and ultimately um, to be profitable. So that's part of it. So understanding uh, what those numbers are is is key to uh, being successful and being profitable as a company. So I want everybody to understand what those numbers are. And the other part of it is that in everybody's job descriptions, we have metrics that are tied to these numbers that come from these reports. So it makes sense to, for them to, to see the, the original numbers and then how they relate to their individual job. So one of the things that I've heard, sort of a, not a complaint, but a concern is that they're saying, hey, my people, my production guys, they don't care about this. They don't know how to read PL and balance sheets. They don't know what the numbers mean. How, why should I share that with them? Thoughts? Well, yeah, so my thoughts are, um, there are some really key numbers that production people are interested in. So good production people are very much interested in, in how they're doing. Uh, in actuality compared to estimates. So um, understanding the, those numbers and looking at the WIP report in particular and, and, and how that relates to the, to the profit and loss statement is part of that. And I think just getting people familiar with numbers and, and, and being literate mm-hmm. in that way, mm-hmm. I, I think is, is really helpful for them to, uh, for those numbers on, about their individual jobs to have an impact. So, um, we discuss these things uh, all the time, and and even in our production meeting every Monday morning, we have a, a job board that uh, is essentially a modified WIP report, cool. in which we take our job cost reports from from the previous week, and we we uh, change those numbers and and look at the GP percentage, look at slippage, grippage, uh, and and go through all those things uh, like we would as like we would fill out a whip report. And so the, the, all the carpenters are there and, and it's a way for them to really understand um, how everybody's doing. And, and it's, it's literally a scoreboard. And I think that's um, anybody who's interested in doing well in a job is, is, wants to know where they stand. No kidding. That's interesting, Ken. So then what kind of things have you seen? Because it's, it's one thing just to kind of look at the numbers and share it, but you want to take action based on that, right? So... Right. Have you seen any, like, if you're not hitting numbers or things aren't looking good, what, what kind of things happen? What kind of conversations take place? Well, there is a certain um, uh, 
defensiveness that people get. Let's say if there's if we're seeing that we're we just started this job and we're already behind in demolition and framing, and then uh, the carpenters tend to get defensive about why that's happening, hmm. and then there's a, a tendency to to blame the estimate mm. and or question the estimate. And some of that I think is healthy. And, and I point out to people that the, the point is not really to, to place blame on, on any uh, one person, but it's really to, to understand how the, the two parts work together. And if it's an estimating problem, then we'll, we'll look at that. Or maybe there is a management thing that's going on. And you can tell by um, uh, past performance from uh, project managers if, if they're uh, issues with uh, framing going over and things like that, or maybe those those numbers come from the design department and and that estimating process that we have. So it's a it's just a way to call attention to it, to make people aware, and then then do whatever is in their power to to change things going forward. So tell us a little bit about how you got started. I mean, literally, how did you start doing this, and how have things changed over the years from your approach? Well, so we first started when we were uh, just starting out as a company. And, and so the conversation, there were much fewer people in, in the company at that point. And it was much more of a, like a band of brothers. And, and we were um, like a lot of startup companies. We didn't do well the first couple of years. And, and, and so reviewing those numbers was a way to kind of check our vital signs. And, mm-hmm. and, and everybody uh, banded together to do for a common cause and, and to protect our jobs essentially. Um, and so that has definitely changed over the years where, where, um, now we're looking at, uh, bigger picture, uh, things. We used to get much more in the weeds when at a certain time there were staff members who were very interested in, in all the line items that went into the, the P and L. Mm-hmm. Now I think people are, are, are more interested in, and uh, the the general numbers and the cost of goods and uh, the the uh, overhead numbers and then that net profit also is is a key element for people to understand that the company is doing well. Now, do you think that that interest has changed because you have trained them, and so now they're more comfortable understanding the line items? They don't need to dig into that detail, so they can just focus on the bigger numbers. I think it's just the the makeup of the staff now. Oh, so at the okay. time, there the, there were people who were very much interested in in all the moving parts of the business, and I think there's less interest now, but there's still a general interest in whether or not the company is doing well. Okay. So again, so you, you your approach changing involves more of your employees now. Well, we still do the staff. Uh, wide the company wide uh, state of the company meeting and in that so we'll we'll look through the 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 PL we'll collapse certain things so we can keep uh, the salaries private and that and that sort of thing but we'll, okay. we'll look at say the uh, the the overall budget for the um, uh, construction side the, the design side and then when we get down to the net profit and that seems to be the the difficult thing for a lot of people like you know, how do we show um, that that we're making money, or or, or what, how will people react to that? Because I think people think that uh, once that number is exposed, that there's going to be a tendency for people to want to ask for raises if you're doing well, <laughs> and that that sort of thing. And but I try to explain to people that that there 
there's a longer view that has to be taken and that the, the company has to have uh, a certain amount of assets and, and, and cash just to be stable in case uh, events happen. And, and so you have to take the long view. And just because there's, um, there's money in this year doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to happen next year. And the other thing that, that I, I think really is important is just to show the amount of money that, that comes through the company mm-hmm. because people see us getting checks and they don't, without open book, they wouldn't understand necessarily that, you know, while millions of dollars may flow in, millions of dollars also flow out. Right. And, 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 uh, and so it's up to us as owners to show that we have to manage this properly and, and take that long view. You know, and, the thing that so, one of the things that helps you there is that you are sharing the balance sheet too. So if you have a guideline, for example, that we talk about and that we have here of having four to six months of overhead cash equivalent stashed yeah. somewhere in case, then you can show that on the balance sheet and they can see, okay, now we're we're starting to build that amount up so we're safe. Yeah, and so and the other thing uh, for me is that it makes me accountable to our employees as much as we ask them to be accountable to us. How do you mean? And so, well, because we're, we're showing them that, that we have a big job to do just to manage this, this, uh, um, all of this money that goes back and forth and that, and that it's our job to, to do that and make sure that they get paid without interruption. And, and, and so that makes us accountable to them that we have to perform at a certain level. Ken, what, what have been the greatest benefits to your company? From being open book, um, I think it's really the, the uh, we've had really good luck at uh, keeping employees, and I think we have shown that we've been um, pretty profitable over the years, and that we've been able to grow. Um, and and also, it's just a, a way for me personally to to, to feel like uh, that my employees are are fully engaged, and that and then I can talk to them about these things, and and they're they're is um, more of a team effort, I think, that way in, in, in the big picture of stuff and as opposed to just doing the, the carpentry work or just in, doing the design work or whatever people are asked to do, that, that we are engaged in this enterprise together. Are, are your, your employees, are they younger, older, a mix age-wise? Do you have um, millennials or? I, w- I would say it, it's a mixture. There, most people are. Uh, I think everybody is younger than me. Um, <laughs> but uh, so the the uh, what did happen um, in in terms of uh, unintended consequences is we had a uh, state of the company meeting a couple years ago in which we unveiled our succession plan. So that was a ten year uh. succession plan um, where we showed projected economic growth for the for the state and the country as a whole and then our part in it the history of how we've grown from uh despite all the ups and downs at a steady uh six percent or whatever it was over the years and how we expect to do that the same in the next 10 years well that whole uh discussion and uh really scared off uh, a lot of the the original employees Hmm. because they came with us when we were uh, just a little company huddled in our Airstream trailer, which was our office <laughs> yeah, at the time. That was very then, cool. Yeah, that was cool. And so they they felt like that they didn't have the connection to me anymore and that the company was getting – they didn't recognize the company anymore. And so there was a really high turnover as a result of sharing that information at that meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but what it and ultimately that was for the greater good because um, that was going to happen anyhow, and that that meeting just just uh, initiated that a little more quickly, I think, than it otherwise would have happened. Mm-hmm. And and uh, and so now we have a new. Um, we've built a staff that that has come into the company uh, with a very different uh, mindset, and and uh, and so that's just something that that originally I would not have have uh, predicted in that mm-hmm. meeting, but it was an outcome that 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 we did have to deal with. That must have been sort of a bump in the road, eh? Uh, yeah, it was a bump in the road, but in, and, uh, um, but I think it was a necessary transition, and, and so uh, I don't think those things are ever easy. Did it cause you to at all second-guess whether you should be doing this, or were you heads down full force all the way? Um, I guess it did. Again, it, uh, I did wonder whether it was the best thing, and... Um, but ultimately, it's just so embedded in our culture, and mm-hmm. and there ha- there are still a few employees that have been here for a long time, and um, for me to change would seem really weird. And and, <laughs> and I don't. And, I, and the other thing is, so now if we were thinking about a succession plan and going forward, as opposed to looking backwards, is if you're gonna uh, if this company is gonna go on after I'm done managing it. Then, then we want to cultivate that for possibly turning over the company to the present employee. So, so maintaining that um, that education and and making that a common practice, I think, is is essential. So, okay. So, you, one of the things, like you know, we're pretty open book too. Same thing. I love it. I think it's the only way to go. I don't know how other people do it without sharing that information to get everybody on the same page. But one of the things we do is, you know, we've built up the security and the investments and yada, yada. And now we do a little bit of profit sharing. Do you do that? Do you share the profits with your team? Um, so we always bonus people. And, but we don't have a formal plan. Okay. Um, and, and, uh, but we do, we do give bonuses every year. And, and obviously that's dependent on how well we do or the, the amount of the bonus is dependent on, on the success of the company but it's not uh, formally structured. Okay. You know, what, I remember one of the things that um, came out of Jack Stackers, one of the things that I, I believe he believes is that you need one main number to strive toward. And for a lot of remodeling companies, that's the gross profit number. But you chose net, right, to be your like the one main focus or the, the, the score that you're trying to achieve? Well, I would say that we're still in in the gross profit as as the primary number. I mean, okay. I, I don't hide from the net profit as a, as a number, but it's not necessarily uh, the 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 focus for most of the activity that's done. So the the job cost reports and the and and what the carpenters do and and the for the project managers, the production manager, and and even the the design side. It's still I would say it's still uh, gross profit as opposed to net profit. So. Is this a detriment or a positive when you're hiring new employees? Because you're again, you're growing pretty steadily. You just bought a new building for yourself. Congratulations! Yeah, thank you. And so, is this a detriment, or is it people get excited about it when they're thinking about coming with you? No, I, well, we don't necessarily talk about that as people are coming on board. But once they get here, I think it's it's part of the excitement. I think everybody appreciates being treated as 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 a. Uh, a, a thinking being and, and, uh, and right. everybody, I want everybody to be intellectually engaged and, in, in and the, the whole process. So, so I think it's exciting for people. 
I mean, I, and I think when people come in and come from other companies and, and this isn't something they've seen before, right. I think that's very exciting. I would think so, too. Yeah, for sure. You know, did you have any issues with your current team at that time before you did the succession plan and had it sort of blow up on you a bit? But before that, did you or anybody push back against this? Like, oh, I don't want to learn about this. I don't care. I don't I don't want this. Um, no, nobody ever pushed back. I mean, when you when when I present the numbers at the state of the company meeting, I think there are various levels of interest for people and 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 uh, some people may glaze over, but nobody's ever pushed back. Okay, good. So you were showing pretty much the whole P&L except with certain areas collapsed, like all the salaries, all the overhead salaries collapsed. Are there any other major categories that you have just given them the, the higher level numbers? No, that's pretty much it. So other, uh, other than that, it's 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 basically the same report that, that uh, I would submit for an RA meeting. Okay, cool beans. Very um, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. Thanks, and then, Ken. And, and as I go, as I as I prepare for that meeting, I'll, I'll highlight some some numbers as, as that I think are significant, uh, like the uh, cost of goods is one thing, obviously, but then also like the uh, subcontractor percentage number. Yeah. And we we do look at those percentages too. So as 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 opposed to the percentage of income, the percentage of budget, and and how those things relate to each other. If we're ninety percent of our budget. And we see that our labor is 110 percent. Then, then yep. we talk about that's really good. That. You know, I love that whole concept of training people to uh, to understand the numbers by percentage. I just was looking at a another member's P and L, and there were no percentages to be found. And it's just difficult to to get your head around the bigger numbers. It's so much easier for percentages. Yeah, I mean, it, I I think it's it's all pretty exciting. It, it took me a long time to understand the reports and and so uh but knowing now how to read them I just want to share that with people mm-hmm. and and because i do think if uh uh you know the, we hire smart people and and that's that's going to be uh engaging can you imagine now going back to the days when you were not looking at financial reports and not using the whip and not understanding all that in, inflow and outflow well, I can when I sometimes I'll, I'll talk to uh, contractors and the way they talk about their business. I know that they don't know mm-hmm. any of those parts and they're not looking at any financial reports. They're just looking at cash in the bank or not in the bank. And, right. and, and uh, yeah, that's that's scary to me. Well, you've come a long way. I can remember since when you joined. And uh, so you're, you're doing marvelously. And uh, congratulations again on the building and all that stuff. That's great. All right. Thank you. Hey, Ken, guess what? What? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's the fun part? It's yeah. the, well, the We just had the fun part. Now it's, now it's the Mark part of... <laughs> <laughs> Mark has fun. I'm not sure the rest of us, but he enjoys himself. Yeah, it's time for uh, the lightning round. You ready? Okay. All right. And now, here's the Remodeler's Advantage lightning round. It's a trap. All right, let's put 60 seconds on the clock. Here we go. What's your favorite business book and why? Uh, favorite business book is uh, probably The Goal by uh, Eliyahu Goldratt. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, that was uh, a, a great book for me as I prepared for our first Kaizen meeting and, ah. and just understanding, uh, getting input from, from everybody and also the concept of bottlenecks that move throughout a process. As you fix one part, it moves to another area. So that, ah. was, that was an important concept for me. If you weren't owner of Mac Design Build, what do you think you'd be doing? Um, I think I would be doing something uh, like teaching art. That was the last job I did before I got uh, fully engaged in carpentry. Um, so I, I would probably be a high school art teacher somewhere. And you are a very accomplished artist in your own right with shows and beautiful work. Uh, sometimes, yeah. So I still <laughs> do it. I still have uh, uh, paintings going on in the garage. So, so yeah. What are you not very good at? Okay, I was thinking about this, and uh, I'm not very good at music, so visually I'm good, uh, musically I'm terrible, can't sing, can't remember <laughs> lyrics, I don't play any instrument, I even bought a u- ukulele once thinking that I could uh, at least learn how to play that, and uh, I failed. <laughs> Crayola announced they're adding a color, and it's called Ken Kirsch. What color is it and why? Oh man, I think that's red. Red has always been my favorite color. It's uh, it's it's just there's an intensity that I like. So it would be a a, a very blood red. Is oh. what I would say. If you were a pizza delivery man, how would you benefit from scissors? Jeez, taking these I things have up. No idea what that question is. <laughs> uh, yes, I guess I would keep them uh, to protect myself if I was uh, delivering pizza in a certain area. And now, since you can't sing, I need you to sing something. (laughs) Good job, man. Yeah, thank you very much. This has been great. Very much enjoyed it. Um, You're going to be at PCBC with me in a couple of weeks, which will be awesome. Um, And so before we go, though, I want you to share your uh, five words of wisdom with our listening audience. Okay. My five words of wisdom are... Show up and be present. And what does so that, that mean? Why uh, does that resonate? Why? Because there is a tendency to overthink things, I, uh, for me at least, and, and that just gives me uh, the opportunity to at least try and be open to some sort of outcome. And, and so it happens every time I go up to a house to, to meet a prospect, for instance, and I'm about to knock on the door, and I have no idea who the, that person will be, and I have no idea what our, our interaction will be, um, but at least I'm there, and I'm open to something good happening. That's awesome. Very Great. Cool. Yeah. Hey, thank you so much for sharing your journey into open book management with us. I, it's, been, it's been wonderful, and I uh, look right. forward to hearing more from you in the future. All right. Well, thank you very much. Thanks, Ken. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Uh, so that, that was that was a good lightning round. Yes. And that was definitely a good interview. Yeah, yeah, it was. Open uh-huh. book. I mean, we're open book, so. Um, I know, and I love it. I really, I cannot imagine running a business any other way, and I don't understand it. And even up, even today, after being in this business all these years, I will still occasionally run into people that are so afraid of open book that they don't even give the field crew the budgets for the job. That's insane. Yeah. Well, you know, it's so funny, too, because I mean, what's a big buzzword these days is transparency. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's the big hot thing, especially when you're talking about millennials. So mm-hmm. I think eventually it's going to make its way through anyway, right. where it's almost you would be an anomaly if you weren't. Yeah. 
Yeah, nobody would even want to go work for your company if you weren't doing it because they're going to be so used to it. Right. It's going to be I mean, a thing. Transparency is everywhere, right? That's right. all it is. Mm-hmm. You know, I really wish we would have gotten him to sing. <laughs> I mean, you know, maybe we should add that in. Although I think that our guest list would shrink considerably. Considerably. <laughs> Except, well, we'd have Michael Sorry. Yeah, yeah, every really. Week. Have Ciro, <laughs> and Ciro. You know, yeah, those that's guys. all. They'd just be on every other week. <laughs> yeah. I'll do it. I'll yeah. do it. <laughs> right. <laughs> all right. Well, that was great. And, um, I enjoyed talking to Ken. So, and the, oh, the, um, what was it? What's the name of that thing? The streamline thing? Their, their original office. Oh, the Airstream trailer. The Airstream trailer, yeah. That was cool. Yeah. We should get a picture of that and put it up on the notes. Yeah, that was really cool. That would cool. be cool. Yeah, we should totally do that because yeah. I remember seeing that thinking, wow. Really f- parked in their driveway. That right. was their office. Very cool. First office. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to share that with everybody. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here. We enjoy having you. I'm Mark Harari. And I'm Victoria Downing. We'll see you next week. This has been another episode of Power Tips Unscripted, the Remodeler's Guide to Business. Visit www.remodelersadvantage.com to learn more about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program. There you can also find information about our business consulting services, upcoming live events, and much more. And finally, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. It's a beautiful day.